Blog Talk Radio. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Hi, everyone. This is Natalie Jean. It's Natalie Jean. Yes, it's chatting with Nat. And today we have singer-songwriter Heather Harvin. Heather Harvin is a singer-songwriter currently based in L.A. She has performed on Hallmark's Hollywood Holiday Parade and was a regular performer at Universal City Walk. Heather has performed with Broadway's own Kristen Chenoweth at the Hollywood Bowl. Born and raised in Baltimore, Maryland, Heather was trained at Washington National Opera and New York University. Moving to Los Angeles, she joined the supergroup 23, 23 minutes or 23 seconds, and has branched off to pursue solo endeavors. Last June, Heather released her first visual album and EP, Back and Forth, which is now available on YouTube. Let's give her a round welcome of applause. Thank Hi, you so much. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing good. I can't complain. I mean, this weather is beautiful. It's, we're going through a heat wave right now, but I'm doing good. How are you doing? Still alive. I'm <laughs> <That's laughs> you. The past six <laughs> is crazy. Um, how have you been during the pandemic? Oof. Uh, I, uh, I'm like, where, where do I begin? I think right now I'm doing good. I I think it's been seasonal for me. So, I mean, I mean, I started off kind of a little bit confused. I think we all were kind of confused at the beginning of the pandemic. And then just this last year and a half, just a lot of emotions and constant back and forth and really trying to adjust and readjust and change and everything. But right now I can say I'm, I'm very comfortable and I'm very confident and I'm, I'm hopeful for the future. That's, I like that positive attitude. Everybody should yeah. have that. Um, so I ask this question a lot. Um, during the pandemic, oftentimes a lot of the people that I've interviewed have told me that they took some time for self-reflection. As you know, the pandemic opened everybody's minds to many different things. I've talked to families uh, that said, you know what, they cut back their hours of work because they realized they weren't spending enough time with their families. I know one man said, you know what? I finally got to sit down with my son and my wife and sit down and eat dinner, went to my job, wow. and I said, we cut back hours. You know, people even climate change. Uh, the animals said, freedom, we can breathe. Nobody was out in the street. So they were like, yes, maybe we can stay in this space because, oh, my God, Mother Nature was like, oh, my God, I feel so good. I don't have dirt on me. I can do my thing. Um, and a lot of people also had time for self-reflection to decide, yes. especially as artists, you know, the type of artist that we want to be, how we want to create, how we want to be seen. So during that time, did, did you have time to sit and reflect on how you want to be seen as or perceived as an artist? 
I did actually. Literally everything that you just described, I'm like, oh, that was me, <laughs> and that still is me. You know, I feel like I'm I'm still kind of really evolving and really coming into my own. But uh, I took, I just used, I made the most of my time. I should say that. Um, you know, I was able to actually go back home to Maryland, to Baltimore, and spend mm-hmm. two months with my family during the pandemic, which was great for me, where I was able to just kind of remember, you know, what what life is all about, which, you know, I, I love how you hinted upon just really spending time with family, you know, um, just going back to my roots, you know, going back to back to my home, uh, my stomping grounds that actually helped just kind of really elevate and just really shift my perspective about who I wanted to be as an artist in many ways. And um, I was also able to just kind of say, uh, re uh, give myself a makeover, but um, just kind of figure out, okay, this is how I want to be portrayed. This is how I want to be seen. This is what I want to look like. Not that I made any drastic changes to my body or anything, but, you know, I I went from a more uh, polished look to a more, like I said, back to my roots, you know, now I just wear braids a lot because that's, to the African-American culture, you know what I mean? Like that symbolizes a lot. And so that I'm like, I'm just really becoming just who I am and who I was meant to be. So absolutely. Fantastic. I love to hear that. Now during the pandemic, were you able to live stream at all? Oh my gosh. Yes. I, huh. It's so funny because I actually, my friends laugh at me when I say this, but I, I'm like the pandemic actually helped my career in many ways. I was able to do many live streams, um, uh, I was able to do quite a few Zoom performances and pre-recorded performances, lots of podcasts, interviews, such as this one, which I'm so grateful for. Thank you again. Um, I, I felt like I was just riding on cloud nine. Yeah, it, it's interesting because sometimes people feel bad when they said, yeah, they're like, I had a blast. Um, but the thing I, is, there's so many pros and cons to the pandemic. Right. It's it's really crazy, and it's okay when people say that there were pros because there were just like you. I did. I attended webinars. I did podcasts. I did conferences. I learned more about social media than you would want to. I learned about right. TikTok. I mean, music. This that platforms for music supervisors. I mean, I was on Clubhouse. I, I did it all. You know, with the live streaming. Yeah. Um, Sometimes there were people there. Sometimes there were a few. Sometimes there were many people. Sometimes I was thinking to myself, but it helped me to mm-hmm. remember because you don't want to stay. You don't want to stay on and come out of the pandemic like, um, what was? What did I write again? You don't want to do that. Um, but <laughs> yeah, there were opportunities even with if you got a PP loan or or a grant or whatever. Sometimes you know money came to people this year, last year. You know what I mean? Money came. It's like yes. sometimes you can, I don't know if you pray or not, but sometimes you can meditate, pray or whatever, ask for something and things will come to you in the oddest way. Now, the pandemic was, yes. the pandemic was awful because people got sick, people died. You know, a lot of people, right. people don't have parents anymore or siblings or whatever. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was horrible in that perspective, but it allowed for people to do certain things that they would normally not have had time to do. This is what's interesting about this whole thing. I I completely agree. Um, yeah, I, it's it's interesting because um, I actually had quite a few people who were affected by COVID. Um, mm-hmm. One of my best friends actually really she caught it and she was extremely sick. And so obviously, yes, in that regard, COVID was 
terrible and it was it was horrible and horrific um and you know it was also I mean, we had to adjust and adapt because yeah. we were in quarantine for, what, over a year? You know what I mean? California yeah. just opened up today. But even still, like, you know, there's still some restrictions, but we had to learn. We had to relearn how to live, and we had to mm. redefine normalcy. So that was definitely challenging. Um, but if anything, COVID really taught me that to use the time that was allotted to us to just go after your dreams and it was I mean I discovered new talents that I didn't even realize that I had I was able to just you know pursue dreams that were always at the back burner because you know I didn't have the time to do it you know I think it it really taught me how to make the most of my time and enjoy it amen no I I hear you I was so busy I'm so busy my head's about to spin off but yeah no we have to look at the 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 good and the bad and and really focus on Mm -hmm. the good focus on that bad your head will spin off um how would you describe <laughs> yeah your head will i mean listen whoosh, there was i mean there i mean it's crazy not to veer off but <clears throat> a couple of days ago i posted I, I did a screenshot of this thing from cnn and it was talking about like two over 237 67 mass shootings during the pandemic and now i mean this past week there's been a bunch of mass, mass shootings and it's just sad. It's just sad. You can you can read a beautiful story and then you go to that crap. <laughs> and you're right. just like, it's, it's, and, and what's sad about it is that when mass shootings happen now, people are just like, oh, no, it's another thing, and then people get over it. And we need to not exactly. be with that stuff anymore because people are dying. People are just and losing, and, and people are losing their minds at, at the same time. They're, like I said, it's a pandemic, there's bad stuff. People you know, couldn't <clears throat> stay by themselves or they lost their job or going through financial crisis and it's made some people just do some drastic things, which is wrong. Um, mm-hmm. So how would you describe your music? That is a great question. That's so funny. No one ever has ever asked you that before. <laughs> I would describe, I mean, the first word that came to my mind is just transparency. And what I mean by that is it's, I like to write, uh, about personal things that have happened in my life. I like to write about things that I know that I've gone through that other women can relate to. Um, mm. So I would describe my music as it's me. It's it's what I've been through. It's who I am. It's who I see myself down the line. It's Heather, essentially. It's, it's vulnerable. It's transparent. It's honest. Um, you know, I think it's if I were related to a genre, I would say it's it's a mixture of like R and B and soul with maybe a little bit of pop infused, but definitely it's heartfelt music for sure. I like that heartfelt. Um, so what was the moment, um, the point or the the something that you were watching where you were like, whoa, I need to get into this music industry. I need to do this thing. This is my saving grace. Yes. Uh, so. We just, (laughs) I've been singing for a very long time, a very, 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 very long time. And so my mom always tells the story where she discovered that I had a passion for music because, (laughs) this is so silly, Um, I was, uh, I would say I was maybe 18 months, uh, so almost two years old, and my parents, so they, they had me and then they got married after they had me, and so um, during their wedding, I started singing James Brown, word for word, on key, oh. and my mom, she actually sounds pretty good. I'm like, wait a minute. 
Um, and then she said she just observed over the next few months, and she said she just any Disney movie or actually my favorite movie of all time is what love got to do with it, the Tina Turner movie mm-hmm. with Angela Beth. I yeah. love that. And I love it because I love the music. And my mom said when it came out and I'm three or four years old at the time, but she was just like, I just would sing the music. I just kept singing. And so, I mean, like I said, from an early age, it just was uphill from there. And, and throughout my tenure in music, I've discovered different genres and I've been able, I've been blessed and fortunate to, partake in different seminars and different, you know, right. style, you know just different genres of music. And it, and it definitely helped mold me into a musician, which I love. So, yes. Awesome. Awesome. I love to hear, I love to hear stories like that. You're like, oh, you're a prodigy. How did you sing it? <laughs> now I'm at a young age. Good for you. There you go. You, you, that, that, you listen. That that meant the music was in you. You are born with the music. That's fantastic. <laughs> what what would you say? How is your music rebellious, unconventional, or unusual? If any, Ooh. Have to be. Ooh. <laughs> rebellious. Wow. <laughs> I like. Okay, you said rebellious. Un. You said. Did you say unconventional? Yeah, and unu- or unusual. Unusual. Well, I would say my music. <laughs> I would probably say unconventional, um, or maybe rebellious. And so I'm. I actually am more so well known for my Christmas music. I love Christmas. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite holiday. It's the best time of the year, if you ask me. I get all giddy, and so, um, and. I am also, I like to identify myself as a spiritual person, and I do identify as, you know, with the Christian faith, and so I take that seriously as well, but um, I'm known for this thing called Trap Christmas. (laughs) Oh, okay. And so, uh, you know, trap music, that's more, that's related to, you know, it comes from just the roots of hip-hop, and that's a whole other, so obviously Christmas being a time where, Christians, we like to reflect on the birth of Jesus, right. and so just kind of tying the two together. And for me, you know, it it's not I'm not purposely being rebellious, or I'm not trying. It is unconventional for sure, um, but it's it's fun. I like hey, I like singing and rapping about baby Jesus over some trap music and hip hop music. You know, whether you can take it or leave it, it's successful for me. A lot of people enjoy it. Um, it's so funny because I remember doing a service for a Zoom service this past Christmas. Uh, one of the one of my church mates was like, oh, my gosh, like, what's trap music? And she's like, let me Google it. And then she's on Zoom, and she's reading it. She's like, yeah, like, because you do trap Christmas, and I love it. Like, I just want to know where it comes from. And so she literally reads the definition and the history in front of everybody at church. And my pastor's like, oh, um, I didn't realize. But, hey, you know, I make no apologies. My music is clean, whether or not the beats might be clean, whatever. It, it, it's all funny game. Merry Christmas. Um, how important is it for you to be authentic, you know, real, to be able to speak your truth? Oh, that is a, a, a thousand percent. I cannot be anything other than authentic or real. You know, like I said, when I write, about when I write my songs, it's something that I've personally been through. 
Um, you know, my pain is real. My happiness is real. Right. Um, my struggle is real. Um, my life is real. And so if I actually, a lot of my friends describe me as I can be very direct and blunt, and it's not me being, you know, disrespectful or, or rude, but it's just me. I, that's just me being authentic. Like, that's just the authenticity behind my character. Authentic and real always. You'll see me at my best. You'll see me at my worst. <laughs> I love that. Because I'm the same way. Some people say, oh, Natalie, she's just lovely. She's so good. She'll give you her shirt off your back. Uh, she speaks her truth, just warning you. <laughs> you know, she starts Absolutely. out. You know, I start out as I'm very soft. But if you bring yes. me to another level, that's on you. <laughs> I'm always. <laughs> I, just, yes, I know that. I always send that people very respectful. Okay? <laughs> Now, it's not me. It's the other person taking to another level. I'm just saying. Right. Exactly. You know? See, get it. You totally get it. It's like I didn't want to get there, but you took me there, yeah. so now I have to be. Yes, I did. Yeah, you challenged me, and now I just have to tell you. You know, I right. It, it's. I just don't like to lie. It's like, and I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. And I'm blunt because sometimes people need to hear the bluntness. Sometimes when you're like, well, you know, that doesn't work. And sometimes you have to just be direct and say, look, right, this is how it is. Um, and I'm not dealing with this crap anymore. Um, so <laughs> who would you say are your main uh, musical influences? Oof, okay. I'm a huge Whitney Houston fan. Oh, my gosh. I oh I'm like how long do we have this interview? I'm like I can go on and on. I love Whitney Houston. I um oh my gosh, like just stylistically and vocally, of course she's a genius. She's a musical genius. But even just, I mean, she's she was beautiful, regardless of whatever happened in her past and all of that. But when it came to being Whitney Houston, the performer and the star, she was you know regal. She was she was raw too and you know so much emotion and power behind her vocals uh hands down Whitney Houston and then my second favorite is Celine Dion I know you hit me I I know I um, oh gosh every when she beats her chest I'm like you I'm here for it all it, it, and you know it's interesting. I, I've spoken to a lot of Canadians, and Canadians will tell me, "You know, people don't like her." And I'm like, "Oh, but she's just phenomenal." And what I love about her is she emotes every yes. emotion you yes. sing. Yes, that oh. am good. She is. She is. I love. She. Amazing. I, I mean, she's the one that inspired me to do a French album. Um, just Ooh, because, I would love to hear that. Yeah, it's on Spotify. It's everywhere. Okay. It's called uh, Le Sons okay. d'Amour, which is uh, Lessons of Love. My family's from Haiti, that's why I speak French. But she, you know, she inspired me. I was like, oh my god, one day I got to do an album. Well, and I eventually did it. But I just love her. I, I love her story. Um, yep. And I loved her story with her husband that departed. Um, the whole oh. thing. Beautiful. Now let me ask you about Whitney Houston. I want to get your perspective on this. Do you think 
do you think okay. if they <laughs> I haven't asked the question <laughs> I'm like already <laughs> if they had allowed Whitney Houston to be herself do you think she would have been alive today I no. do actually mm. well I agree with you that's a great I do I think um, and I've actually discovered that probably throughout COVID, um, even just when it comes to like mental and emotional health, and that's a whole other topic. But um, once I was finally able to just really be myself, and like I said, kind of pursue things that I that I have placed on the back burner for whatever mm-hmm. reason, I felt whole and I felt complete and I felt invincible. And whether or not adversity was thrown my way, personally, me personally, you know, thrown my way. It was okay. Why? Because I was living in my truth, and nothing else mattered, you know? So I think for her, for sure, absolutely, I think she definitely would have had a fair shot, for sure. I mean, the whole thing is tragic. From her her marrying Bobby Brown, my brother, she loved him. Um, And then her daughter, I mean, it's just messy. Um, And it's tragic. It's tragic, because when you Look at her performance at the Super Bowl and you listen to her sing the anthem, you're just like, Wow. Wow. Yeah. She's definitely gone too soon. And the tragedy is the day that she died, she had told her mom, you know, this is it, this is it. I'm gonna get help and you know, that was it for her and, and, and she, but yeah. she will forever be remembered as one of the true great artists out there. Um um, what is your writing process like? How do you how do you come about writing a song? That is you keep you are asking all of the great questions. <laughs> yes. I love this. No, this is good. It keeps me on my toes. Um, I can't say I can I am very I'm probably unconventional in this way for sure. I don't have I don't have the same routine for each song. Mm-hmm. I I you know, um one time I wrote a song, I was driving, and I saw a sign, I saw something, and I was like, oh, I think I was passing the 7-Eleven, and then I was like, oh, I met about 7-Eleven when I met so-and-so, you know what I mean, and just kind of took me back, and I'm like, you know what, my next song is going to be about that time when we went to 7-Eleven, but then there are other times where um, sometimes I have to be more structured, where I have to block off, you know, six hours out of my day, and I'm like, okay, this is dedicated to me writing, where I have pages in my journal of just, like, okay, topics, and then, you know what I mean, and then this. It's just very, like, structured and organized. So, for me, it just, I think it depends mostly on what I feel in the moment, or if something happens in my life where I'm like, I have to write about this, then, you know, I need to just set set time aside to just six hours and just kind of song and song and song and song. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I know with one of my albums, I was just like, okay, I needed one more out. I needed one more song. And I was just like, I, w- I went for a walk. It was bugging yeah, me. Yes. Yeah. I, I walked by this um, uh, this bus stop. And I saw a map. And I said, oh, there's the song. And I wrote a song about, which yeah. included the word map in it, like get a map, get a clue. Um. And that's how that happens. But I love love when you go for a walk or you're walking by something and you're just like, that would be a great song. I mean, a lot of yes. the time, 
I talk to a lot of people and they and I always tell them, but my greatest place for songs that I cannot retain are is in the shower. My God, I don't know what it is. It's, it's the water, and I always that, say this: it's got to be the water. I can come up with songs in the melody. You just have to start recording yourself in the shower. You know, audio record, of course, not video. I mean, if you want to do video. <laughs> I'm trying to create. I'm trying to create a gadget. I need to find somebody at MIT to create a gadget that's waterproof that you can just and it and it you, you don't hear the sound of the water. You can just record yourself while you're in the shower. It's gonna get done. That's Gwen, true. one of these days. <laughs> one it's of my, crazy because. Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself, do you feel like you sound your best in the shower? Yes. Yes. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the acoustic. Yeah. You know what it is. Another it person's is. like, you're so comfortable. You're so at ease. So things just naturally yeah. out of you, which I never thought about it, but it, it's very, very true. It's very, very true. Um, so you sent us your song, Give Me. What is that about? Yeah. Okay, yes. Uh, so this is actually a new song. It hasn't been officially released, but, you know, I wanted to share it with you all today. Um, so this is, this is, this is a real song. This is me at 2 a.m. I couldn't, I literally could not sleep. And mm-hmm. it was just heavy on my heart. There was someone that, I mean, most of my songs, I talk about how someone, but right. this is a song where I'm like, well, actually, no, like, I hurt you. And I miss mm-hmm. you. And I'm sorry. Like, can Give me another try. I can't. It's 2 a.m. and I'm wide awake, and I know I made a big mistake. I want to let it go, but I'm try- I'm still trying to just downplay everything that happened, you know? Like, I need to take ownership, you know? Can you give me one more try? Because I'm, I'm, I'm crying right now because I miss you and I'm sorry, um, which is very, uh, very vulnerable for me and very different for me because I can't, you know, I, I, will, I, I like to say that I am a humble person, but when it comes to relationships, <laughs> um, I may not be the first person to apologize, but so right. for me to really put myself out there in this light of being the person to just say, mm-hmm. yeah, like actually the reason why we're not together anymore is because of me. That's that's, that's a milestone for sure. <laughs> I love it. All right, we're going to play it now, but we'll have a word from our sponsors. Hi, it's Jordan and Madison, and we're Jay Madison out of Nashville, Tennessee. We'd love to tell you about B-Squared Management, artist services by artists for artists. Get your press, branding, single release, and sync success plan now at bsquaredmgmt.com. And listen up to our latest single, Down, now on Spotify.
go Tell I'm trying to downplay Everything that happened wasn't right But somehow I tell you I tell you Every time I try to apologize I can't lie It's so hard to say that I'm leaving in the sense of And it comes back to me and I know I can't live without you Without you Hollywood 
a Los Angeles area. And then um, I decided to join another group, which um, was different. It was different, and we were able to get that residency at CityWalk. And so I think early on it was was nice. And then um, once I decided to go solo, that's Mm -hmm. when things shifted, and it was – it was scary for me, um, and I kind of had to start. I actually, I had to start over. And for a while, I thought, like, well, wow, you know, I'm, I'm only, I'm not a spring chicken anymore. I'm getting older. Uh, when is, when is, you know, when am I really going to have my break? You know, I was at one point, like I said, I was at the Hollywood Bowl and I was at City Walk and you know, doing this and doing that and traveling and performing all over. And now it seems like things have kind of come to a stop. But I. Honestly, I, like I said, I thank God for the pandemic because it definitely, it allowed me to just really put myself out there and rebrand and redefine myself. I have had an amazing experience for when it comes to my music throughout the pandemic. It has definitely, it gave me the confidence that I needed. It did. I can't, I'm, I'm excited to see what the future holds. Um, what do you mean you're not a spring chicken? You're talking to somebody that's close to 100 here. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm in my 30s, so in the even though in the industry, they consider they consider. I mean, I'm not 15 or 16 anymore, so <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, you, uh, you're still a uh, you're still a, the spring chicken to me. Um, no, I get what you're saying in the industry. I get what you're saying in the industry, but we have to uh, uh, we have to poo-poo on that crap that the industry is trying to lay on women specifically about you can't be a certain age and be a star. We got to shove that under the bridge because we can be a star at any age. We don't have time for that mess. Uh -uh. You know, there was an artist, somebody told me this many years ago, an artist that was 50 years old decided to release a song and it became a hit because the people love the, the, the song so much. I think people are steering away from that whole Oh, you got to be certain age. You got to be certain look thing. Um, because people are craving the authentic, the real. That's what they want. They're tired. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes, great. Blah blah blah. They put on great music, but they all sound like. Um, but they crave some things that they can relate to. A lot of these artists, you can't relate to them. You just can't. I was having this so discussion true. with somebody about um, and I, I always say the. Beehives, Beehives, whatever, the Beyonce fans will, will kill me for this. I really don't care. <laughs> but um, when they got mad that Adele beat her out uh, for the, what was it, Lemonade? Um, and I tell them why. It's because Beyonce sings at you and Adele sings to you. Like, I get nothing from Beyonce. Mm-hmm. I'm, I just say, I think she's a great performer. She puts on a great show. She can sing. Yeah. Adele's more relatable in the sense that she's telling you, I just went through this breakup. I can't deal mm-hmm. with it. Just, you can, she's just that kind of girl you want to hang out with. Beyonce's not that relatable. I don't feel like I could just, oh, call Beyonce on the phone, say, girl, we won't tell you what happened. No. Based on the way she presents herself. And that I, I believe that's what I won that year. Um, and, you know, the person's like, I never thought about it that way. I say, yeah. Let me give you a different perspective here. Let me ask you a question. This is more about a female empowerment thing. So, I don't. Did you watch the Grammy? I did. 
I did. Okay. Now, there was an uproar because of Megan Stallion and what was Cardi B's performance. What was your, what were your thoughts? Yes. So when they performed, what was it? She did um, up and then she did WAP. Yes. Um, it's so funny because I actually like both of those songs. <laughs> Just being honest. <laughs> I play I play both of those songs. I think you know. I actually I like them both for different reasons. I'm actually a really big Megan Thee Stallion fan, and I actually I do like Cardi B. Mm-hmm. I think I actually wish. I, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I actually wanted more. I wish they kind of would have, like, done more throughout their performance. I thought the performance, it was missing. For me, it was missing something. I'm like, I actually wanted more. I'm like, I was waiting. I don't know whether it's, like, you have tongues flying out of the ceiling. or oh, You know what I mean? Like, I, I, it just kind of, for me, it just, it wasn't, it was anticlimactic for me, which I was kind of shocked. But that's just my personal opinion. You know, I know people thought it was, overly sexual and it was just that and the third I actually thought it could use a little bit more of, I don't know if it would be I wouldn't say more sex but I would probably say maybe more and there's a way where you can spin it to where you can uplift women and kind of get more women involved I think you just need, needed more of something for me see I, ooh, I didn't even get into the conversations people were having arguments until this last one where Somebody shoved me in the conversation. And I had to try to explain it because uh, a lot of people were upset. They're like, oh, they were calling them names. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Cardi B and Megan Stallion. I'll just put that right up front. However, I was just like, why are you getting upset with them? If you're upset, call the Academy. They're the ones that asked them to perform. Um, and the video, if you know anything about them, this is what they do. And the video has been saying- out for the longest time. So right. do it's like, don't bash them. You don't like the genre. That's your problem. But if you have a problem, then you go to the, you go to the academy and you say something. It's just as simple as that. Um, I'm glad I got your perspective. Uh, what do you yeah. love, love most about being an artist? I love connecting with people. So I actually really, and I do miss this, I like live performing because it's, it's mm-hmm so intimate and I'm one of those people where I will like stop in the middle of my song and I'll look at somebody and I'll you know have a full conversation with them I just love connecting with people and feeding off of people's energies um you know I also love when um I like looking I like looking out and seeing people singing the lyrics to my song and feeling it um just being able to just emote and people feel that emotion Oh, I, that is so gratifying. I'm like, I, that's all I need. That's literally, I'm like, it's the only thing I want in life, just for people to be able to just connect through my lyrics and through my music. I love that. I love that. I love that. And a lot of artists that I've spoken to feel the same way. It's about the connection, about, you know, how we can make the audience feel, our fans feel. It is an awesome, awesome moment. Um, what is what is one thing you would have you wish you had learned before you entered into the music business? Wow. I'm just, you know, these are some great questions, girl. I'm like, sheesh, got me over here sweating. It's good. It's great. I love it. Keep them coming. Ah, one thing. Mm. Wow. I, you know what? I think what I would, I, I really wish, 
Um, so actually, when I moved to Los Angeles, and like I said, I was 18, and it is Los Angeles is very different from Baltimore, that's for sure. Um, it was a culture shock for me, and mm. being surrounded. And I went to a school where people were, like a lot of people were active in the industry, and so I saw, I was exposed to a lot of things. I had a lot of firsts, like. Just to be honest, I witnessed, you know, people doing drugs for the first time, like hardcore drugs. I've seen, uh, like, domestic abuse firsthand where I'm like, okay, you know, like right next to me. I've right. seen so many things that I have, uh, yeah, I, and I wish, I will say, I think I wish I would have, <clears throat> I mean, people talk about how crazy the industry is, but you really don't mm-hmm. know until you're actually in it. So I think I, I just wish. I would have maybe prepared myself to just, like, I should have just taken it more seriously because growing up, I'm like, oh, you know, like, where you see the news, so-and-so died from an overdose or, so you know, right. this scandal, that scandal. Oh, okay, yeah, that happens. But I never really took it to heart, and I didn't understand the severity or the seriousness, you know, of that this actually does happen on a regular basis in the industry. So, yeah, I think I could have, I could have prepared myself better to just really handle what I would be exposed to easier. Um, it was, uh, yeah, I've seen a lot. And it, it definitely, it, it it rocked my world for a while. So, yeah. That was rough. Um, and what advice would you give to somebody that was trying to break into the music business? My advice would be, I say this all the time, never settle so if it if you feel the urge to compromise if you feel the urge to change who you are change your sound your music because you think it'll get you in the door faster or quicker it's not worth it because Mm. it will come back to bite you in the butt but also it's damaging to who you are as a person it damages your soul it damages your character it it can damage you down the line so I would just always I, I, I mentor women and I always tell them, like, look, whether if it takes you five years longer to break into the industry because you're true to who you are, it's so it's worth it. It's much more gratifying. It's because you don't want to settle and you don't want to waver and compromise <laughs> what you believe in, who you believe right. in, you know, uh, just for 10 minutes of fame because just know that you can be the it girl for 10 minutes and then come tomorrow, it's somebody else. And now what? You know what I mean? Like, at least you get to hold on to, who, like, the re- your your respect. You know, at least you get to hold on to your truth. So, yeah, please, yeah. please, don't don't compromise. Don't settle. I have so many friends that regret so many decisions that they've made. And, yeah. So, yeah. No, please. Yeah. I beg it. And, I- <laughs> <laughs> and what is a quote or a message that you like to live by? Ooh, I always say never settle and ride the wave. And what I mean by that is, like I just said, never settle. And even, it's funny because I tell, I say this when it comes to relationships too. I'm single and a lot of my girlfriends are single and I'm like, girl, don't settle. Like, no, don't settle. Like, just, mm -mm, he's coming. The one that's for you, that's on your list of non-negotiables, like, don't settle. But ride the wave in the sense of enjoy life, you know, Uh, just, you feel that the wind is blowing you this way, go that way. You know, if it's blowing you the opposite direction, it's okay. Just enjoy yeah. life. 
uh, my favorite, well, one of my favorite scriptures is John 10, 10, where it says, you know, Jesus says, like, I came to give you life and give you life to the full. Enjoy a full life. Have fun. Don't settle. Do things that you, you've always wanted to do. You know what I mean? Don't compromise. Explore. Be adventurous. Do it all because life is way too short. Have fun. Make the Amen to that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. And it's so true, so true. Wise words from Heather Harvin. Well, Heather, Thank you. it's been an honor to have you on Chatting with me. Um, I had so much fun. I've learned so much from you. I'll be following you. I can't wait. Um, is your your EP out? Yep, it's out it, last June. Last June. Yes. Are you working on yes. anything new soon? So uh, the single that you just heard, "Give Me." So we're actually going to do a whole little cute little project, and that should be coming this August. All righty, I can't wait for that in August. August. All right. Thank you so much. It was an honor to have you on chatting with Nat. I got to tell you better. I'm going to follow you, send you some messages. Hey, might be a little stalker. (laughs) No, let's definitely, let's connect more. This was so much fun. I'm like, please, like, let's, like, have a Zoom where we can have, you know, wine and cocktail, please. Yeah, let's definitely do that. We'll invite you. Sometimes Sisters in Music does a stream yard thing where we do that. So we'll invite you to that. And then Let's set something up where you can do an IG live also. We'll get you on. Oh, I would love to. Yeah, let's do Let's set that up. Um, But thank you so much for being on Chatting with Nat, and I hope you have a great week. You as well. Thank you. Bye. That was Heather Harvin on Chatting with Nat. Until next time. And you can Google. Just Google her and find her. She has... Uh, a link tree thing. Everybody has a link tree thing. It's Heather Harvin. Just find her. You'll be amazed. You'll be rocked. Until next time on Chatting with Nat. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. Love your voice.